1: they can't go on. Hi folks, I'm Alan Wharton. This is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 11th of April 2011. I always advise newcomers at the beginning of this talk to go right into cuttingthroughthematrix.com and help yourselves to the hundreds of audios which are available for download. And hopefully you'll glean enough information to realize that the system, which is projected by the mainstream, is a complete fiction, as opposed to the big boys and their own publications, their own uh, websites, in fact, and the big corporations that run the world on behalf, of course, of the masses above them, as they bring in a big world society with the big world bank dominating. And the World Bank is a cover, of course, for the same banking families that lend to donations in the past so hopefully, as I say, you'll find out that your reality is certainly um, guided and your generations are guided. These guys work in 100-year projects sometimes too. And um, nothing that happens on a large scale uh, is not um, uh, being put out or done by them themselves. If it does come out that something happens, an act of God, as they say, that they, they didn't actually manage, they'll certainly take full advantage of it. In fact, what's one of the prime tenets they have is they can always use any disaster to their advantage, and they certainly do. So help yourself to those audios, and there's also transcripts and all those sites that you see listed on the Com site. These are the official sites. These are all mine. Anything else you read about me is not uh, put out by me, Uh, and so uh, you'll know who the official sites are. That's the only ones I have listed there. If you want transcripts uh, from those, they all have them in English. And if you want transcripts in other languages, look into eu, and you'll find a variety to choose from. And remember, two, you bring me to you. I don't bring on guests for, as advertisers or experts that then ter- terrify you and then sell you stuff. So it's up to you to keep me going, buy the books and discs I have for sale. There's not a lot there because I really don't have time to do much more than what I'm doing. But uh, that will help me just uh, move along, hopefully, until there's no point moving along anymore. And uh, from the U.S. to Canada, you can use a personal check. You can use an international postal money order from the U.S. to Canada. You can use cash, and you can also use PayPal. Go into the donation button and send the appropriate donation. Follow it with an email, name, address, and order, and I'll get it out to you. Across the world, you're left with Western Union, MoneyGram, cash, or you can also um, use PayPal to order through the, the donation button. That's all up to you. And as I say, that will keep me going a little bit longer, hopefully. I think we're coming to the, to the end of an era, as certainly the end of a stage of the big plan. And I always say, like was in Churchill, it's not the end, it's the beginning of the end and all that kind of stuff and the end of the beginning. Uh, it, we're certainly going through stages of the new world order because the 21st century was picked and talked about for over, well over a hundred years. The 20th century was uh, talking about it and the, uh, and academia, and how the 21st century would be the big century of change, the, the time they would bring a whole world society together, and by force and coercion and indoctrination and so on, they would get the perfect society which they wanted uh, on behalf of their masters, of course, they paid them because academia is paid for by grants and so on, and any budding professor uh, will know how to tow the line and uh, please his masters if he wants to get ahead. And if he does, he certainly will get ahead and have lots of write-ups and nice little papers and and magazines and so on. That's how the world really works. You're living through a big business plan, long-term business plan, where people play with doll's houses. That The doll's house they play with mainly is the the world. We are all the dolls inside the rooms. They like to restructure them, uh, redecorate them, move us all around inside in experiments to get their perfect little doll's house and then you can feel secure that they're now in charge of everything, and they're making all the decisions, and you've been trained to obey them. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back and we're cutting through the matrix. I like that, that guitar squeal once in a while because you feel like screaming a bit sometimes going through all this craziness, which is really organized chaos and we, we have to get it out of our systems once in a while. Now, it's amazing as things go ahead, you have a form of chaos and everyone feels the chaos. What normally that does to the majority of the population is to make them turn towards government for help and answers and government comes out with a harsh demand, you have to give up this, you have to give up that, you have to live more steer, more austerely, you'll have to eat less, you'll have to yadda, yadda yadda, a whole list of things, of course, which the abuser tells the abused don't have to do. And that's what government is, it's an abuser. Uh, government actually is a fiction, you know, it's actually an idea, and it's an idea which cannot exist without your compliance an agreement to be bossed around or hit over the head or put in prison or shot against a wall if it comes to that. So that's really what government is. And, of course, you've been trained for generations the other way around, that government is something as natural as gravity, and uh, uh, and they, they've trained you to believe that and, and that you just simply obey them, the all-powerful government. And that's why they always get people to speak with apparent authority and authoritative voices, uh generally very rich people because we cow below 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 uh, rich people were trained to cow down to, to rich focus so there's something special about them. And uh, there is in fact there there's generally psychopaths and uh, and they've uh, fought their way to the top. They're very, very bloody people and they're not nice at all. However, as I say government leaves a fiction and when you get a bunch of fictions all training the public into believing they're a reality uh, then they form combines gangs always form combines or called treaties actually and they go towards a particular goal because power is an amazing thing we don't have power or the the, the need for power most folk don't Um, they have a little power over the little room or apartment or or house or something Uh, inside that's what all they have Outside, they have no power at all, and they might not even have power over their house if the, if the taxman comes and takes it from them. But it, we really are fairly powerless at the bottom. But most folk don't have a craving, an obsession for power. The psychopath does, and they go right towards where the big honey pot is, that's your tax money, to get into that pot and uh, become awfully wealthy from it, making a lot of deals with lobbyists and... Um, And then they get into the leagues, of course. They must get into the leagues that run the world. That's how it really works. And that's what you're living through is a long-term script. It's all scripted in advance, the major events, outside of real natural disasters, not the ones they can cause, which is an awful lot, by the way. But uh, uh, this is is the system you're in today as they go together with their supra-governmental bodies, the G8, the G20s and all the other clubs have formed without your permission, but that you do acquiesce to it by listening to it and, and saying nothing, uh, rather than demanding they abolish them. So that's what government really is. It's someone's idea that gets put into a reality, and some idea that is quickly put up can just be quickly be brought down if you put your mind to it too and realize what a farce it all is. Anyway... David Cameron, um, this, this article here, His Gift of War and Racism to Them and Us, and it's by John Pilger, who is a very good uh, documentary producer and on how so many countries have been built up or exploited by uh, the West. It's not really the West. I hate using countries' terms. We're not really countries at like this. It's the corporations that run the country and own the countries that have wars, invasions, and when some country doesn't uh, comply and give them all their natural resources at a very cheap price, they invade using the troops. And that's happened so many times. It's well worthwhile going into the series, the big long series that uh, Pilchers put out over the years to show you how it all works together. Once they get their own guy in a third world country, of course, some dictator, in come all the BP guys, Exxon, GE, all the usual boys to grab the cheap work, cheap labor for high, high profits. But uh, he's talking here about this present um, plunder of the Middle East, and he says the Euro-American attack on Libya has nothing to do with protecting anyone, only the terminally naive, that's a good term, that terminally naive, believe such nonsense. As so the West responds to popular uprisings, well, they're not popular at all. He's he's, he's conjured, but they're too in strategic, resource-rich regions of the world, and the beginning of a war of attrition against the new imperial rival, China. Uh, president Barack Obama's historical distinction has, is now guaranteed. He's the first uh, black president to invade Africa. His assault on Libya is run by the U.S.-Africa Command, which was set up in 2007 to secure the continent's lucrative natural resources from Africa's impoverished people and the rapidly spreading commercial influence of China. Interesting, too, if you've read the writings of Charles Darwin, he he wrote about uh, the future of the British Empire, which might merge into the American Empire or merge with it, and how eventually, he actually talked about the different peoples they could use to run over Africans who didn't believe they had the wherewithal to run themselves. And he advocated that China would be an ideal people to rule the Africans. And that's what's been happening for a while, by the way. Anyway, back to this article. And he says here, uh, Libya, along with Angola and Nigeria, is current principal source of oil. As American, British and French planes are currently incinerating both bad and good Libyans, the evacuation of 30,000 Chinese workers is underway, perhaps permanently. Statements by Western officials and media that a deranged and criminal Colonel Gaddafi is planning a genocide against his own people still await evidence. This is reminiscent of fraudulent claims that required humanitarian intervention in Kosovo, the final dismemberment of Yugoslavia, and the establishment of the biggest U.S. military base in Europe. And that's a whole history in itself. I don't think people realize that the bases that America has been building up abroad uh, are there for 100 years at least. They're actually built to, to be there for 100 years at least. And that goes way back to the Reagan era where uh, Jean Kirkpatrick came forward and said, rather than just wait for something happening and going in and building a, a temporary base, let's build permanent ones across the world, because she was well aware, being a good communist herself, working with Reagan, strangely enough, or not so strangely, um, she knew that this would be a world uh, ongoing war to take over the entire planet, so they need bases, permanent bases across all of the, the, these countries, including Iraq and so on. The detail is also familiar. The Libyan pro-democracy rebels are reportedly commanded by Colonel Khalifa Haftar, who, according to a study by the U.S. Jamestown Foundation, set up the Libyan National Army in 1988 with strong backing from the Central Intelligence Agency. For the past 20 years, Colonel Haftar has been living not far from Langley, Virginia, home of the CIA, which also provides him With a training camp That's awfully nice Your own training camp That's just for gymnastics And keep fit, mind you The Mujahideen Which produced Al-Qaeda And the Iraqi National Congress Which scripted the Blair Bush Lies about Iraq Were sponsored in the same time-honored way In Leafy Langley Libya's other rebel leaders include Mustafa Abdul Jalil Gaddafi's Justice Minister until February And General Abdel Fattah Yunus Who ran Gaddafi's interior ministry Both with formidable uh, reputations for savagely putting down dissent There is a civil and tribal war in Libya Which includes popular outrage against Gaddafi's human rights record However, it's Libya's independence, not the nature of its regime That is intolerable to the West in a region of vassals And this hostility has barely changed in the 40 years since Gaddafi overthrew the feudal king uh, uh, Idris Uh, One of the more odious tyrants backed by the West And it says with uh, his Bedouin hyperbole and bizarre ways Gaddafi has long made an ideal mad dog daily mirror Now requiring uh, heroic US, French and British pilots to bomb urban areas in Tripoli Including a maternity hospital and a cardiac centre The last US bombing in 1986 managed to kill his adopted daughter What the US, British and French hope to achieve is the opposite of a king's liberation or people's liberation. In undermining efforts Libya's genuine Democrats nationalists to free their country from both a dictator and those corrupted by foreign demands, the sound and fury from Washington, London and Paris has succeeded in dimming the memory of January days of hope in Tunis and Cairo and distracted many who had taken heart from the task of ensuring that their guns are not stolen quietly. On 23rd of March, the U.S.-backed Egyptian military issued a decree barring all strikes and protests. This was, there was, this was barely reported in the West. With Gaddafi now the credited demon, Israel, the real canker, uh, can continue its wholesale land theft and expulsions. Facebook has come under Zionist pressure to remove a page calling for a full-scale Palestinian uprising, a third into Fatah, on the 15th of May. None of this should surprise. History suggests nothing less than the kind of machination revealed by two senior diplomats at the United Nations who spoke to the Asia Times, demanding to know why the UN never offered a fact-finding mission to Libya. Instead of an attack, they were told that a deal had been done between the White House and Saudi Arabia. A US coalition would take out the recalcitrant Gaddafi if the Saudis put down the popular uprising in Bahrain. The latter has been accomplished and the bloodied king of Bahrain will be a guest at the royal wedding in London. Isn't that nice and cosy? Mm-hmm. Well, he goes on to say the embodiment of this reaction is David Cameron, that's the, the prime minister of the puppet in Britain, whose really only real job has been PR man to the television industry's asset stripper, Michael Green. Cameron was in the Gulf selling arms to the British invented tyrannies when the people rose up against Yemen's Abdullah Saleh. On the 18th of March, Sally's regime murdered 52 demonstrators. Cameron said nothing of value. Yemen is one of ours, as the British Foreign Office likes to say. In February, Cameron revealed himself in an attack on what he called state multiculturalism, the code for Muslims. He said we need a lot less of the past tolerance of recent years. He was applauded by Marine L.E. Uh, e. Penn, minute, uh, leader of uh, France's Fascist National Front. It's exactly this kind of statement that has barred us from public life for 30 years, she told the Financial Times. I can only congratulate him. That's what you're living in today, folks. See, the Neros and the Caesars are all still with us. Back with more after this. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the Matrix. Another article too is to do with, again, see we're, we're run by deceit and lies, that's how they get wars going, you always demonize people and so on, you you pick fictitious characters that may or may not even exist, but it's good enough for the public if it's repeated often enough. However, here's one from Veterans Today on Ben Laden, and it says, years of deceit, the US openly accepts Ben Laden long dead. It said conservative commentator, former Marine Colonel Bob Pappas, has been saying for years that Ben Laden died at Tora Bora and that Senator Kerry's claim that Ben Laden escaped with Bush help was a lie. Now we know that Pappas was correct. The embarrassment of having Secretary of State Clinton talk about Ben Laden in Pakistan was horrific. He has been dead since December 13th, 2001, and now finally everyone, Obama, McChrystal, Cheney, everyone who isn't nuts is finally saying what they have known, what they have known for years. However, since we lost a couple of hundred of our top special operations forces hunting for Ben Laden after we knew he was dead, is someone going to answer for this with some jail time? Well no, don't hold your breath. Since we spent two hundred million dollars on special ops looking for someone who we knew was dead, who is going to jail for that? Since Boole Rumfitzfeld, Jenny continually talked about a man they knew was dead, now known to be for treasons, for reasons of political nature. Uh, who's going to jail for that, It says. Why were tapes brought out and, and now known to be forged as legitimate intelligence to sway the disputed 2004 election in the U.S.? This is a criminal act if there ever was one. Well, they're used to doing criminal acts and, and conning you. A picture's worth a thousand words and a fuzzy Ben Laden. Uh, murmuring something the CIA interpret that never jives with what it's actually saying. Um, That's what you get all the time. She's in 66 pages. General Stanley McChrystal never mentions Osama bin Laden. Everything is Mullah Omar. Now, in his talk at West Point, President Obama never mentions Osama bin Laden. Colonel Pappas makes it clear. Vice President Cheney let it out off the bag long ago. Bin Laden was killed by American troops many, many years ago. America knew Osama bin Laden died December the 13th, 2001. And after that, his use was hardly one to unite America, but rather one to divide, scam, and play games. With Ben Laden gone, we could have started legitimate nation building in Afghanistan instead of eternal insurgency that we invented ourselves. And that's what I mean about CIA ops and so on. Uh, it's, you, you get into a, a really muddied game. It's very hard to see what's going on because there's so many layers. Of deception going on, but you've got to get that going to get wars going and to try to give the sheeple down below uh, some valid excuse for invading and plundering and keeping the uh, the poppies growing for heroin and stuff like that. And remember too, even during the the, the hearings on Afghanistan and Iraq, uh, Bush himself was asked why he attacked Iraq. It was because. Uh, That Bush had already said that um, uh, Saddam Hussein was involved in 9-11 and Bush admitted right there, he says no, he says uh, he "He was never involved in 9-11 he was just a bad man and he's better out the way. That was his answer for going to war. Of course it was for the oil, you know that too. And for long term strategy that was laid out long before Bush was even put in because it's long term business planning and that's what you live through. Now Uh, at least there's some people getting it in the mainstream, in uh, Healdsburg, uh, California. uh, One of the newspapers uh, there are warning their people to stay indoors this weekend past uh, because of high radiation levels. It says uh, uh, observers monitoring jet stream post videos showing plume with elevated radiation levels hitting Alaska, Vancouver, and California Saturday and Sunday. I put one up from my university and it's been taken off. A smattering of videos on YouTube this weekend are showing the jet stream from Japan is carrying more radiation towards the west coast than has been noted before, and that's true, it's going up and up, not down and down. Uh, Attached is one of the videos which advises people to stay indoors to avoid exposure. Patch will be following the story closely over the next week, and as I say, you can look at it for yourself. Tonight, too, I'll also put up the same link to the university that gives you the forecasts uh, carrying radiation towards the US and Canada And over them in fact And also put up a mirror link as well To maybe make it easier for you to look into It's updated daily And um, you can see what's really going on It's going up and up with the 5th the f- the and 6th reactors Which seem to have more dirty material in them Than the other ones But uh, this plutonium spewing out stuff and so on And it's pretty, pretty bad So we're being lied to in every every level. And I, I laugh, too, when they bring out these professors. They, they 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 dig them up out of retirement and give them another cash injection and tell them to tell us that, well, that's no worse than eating a banana. You know, you get more radiation from a banana. Yeah, well, okay, I know where you stuff your banana, pal. It's utter nonsense. Uh, this stuff that's floating around the air, it was invented by man and it does not exist in nature, and it's not healthy at all. I'd rather eat bananas till the cows come home. And I laughed at this, too. I, a few years ago, I talked about how the massive increase in, in allergies had gone up across the world. And they're just stumped at what was causing it. They just didn't know. All these specialists, you know, or they can tell us all the things when they want when it suits them to terrify us, like you've got to get your flu shot for a fake flu. Just are stumped when it comes to why everyone's gotten got these allergies now part of it is is because your immune system is compromised drastically that means partially destroyed folks and the main reason your immune systems are partly destroyed are for two reasons really one is a gm food and the other one are ones are the inoculations that you've had which directly affect the immune system and i'll read more this when we come back from this break
2: Listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth.
1: Hi, folks. We're back, cutting through the matrix and talking about allergies, and it certainly has skyrocketed in the last or oh, twelve years or so. And um, they're just totally stumped by what could be causing it It's nothing to do with the constant aerial spraying of of really highly irritable um, materials That go for your your mucous membrane inside the nose, your lungs, and so on No, it's nothing to do with that It's to do with, guess what? Here's another red herring Carbon dioxide emissions may be raising pollen counts in European cities According to a continent-wide study Researchers from 13 EU nations analyzed pollen levels for more than 20 species of tree and plant. They found that many, including several that cause allergies, such as hay fever, correlated with rising CO2 levels. Presenting their study at the European Geosciences Union, annual meeting scientists and city planners might need to review which trees they plant. Can you believe this? They're going to reshuffle the whole world uh, rather than tell the folk the truth. <laughs> Just plan all this stuff over the place and how long I've been doing this testing because they've had to be doing it every every single year to come up even with a, a kind of graph to show you that it's actually increasing. Uh, hay fever and other allergies appear to be rising across Europe and the UK GP diagnosis of allergy allergic rhinitis which includes hay fever rose by a third between 2001 and 2005. It's been suggested that higher temperatures might be causing plants to produce more pollen. It's all rubbish, it's all effort in with the global warming agenda and carbon as you well know. He says, but by comparing pollen counts during relatively hotter and relatively cooler years, this latest study found temperature was not the cause. So they've come up with CO2. It's not the spraying, folks. The stuff you're spraying is harmless. Uh, You know, your barium and aluminum oxide, all these carcinogenic things, uh, is quite harmless, all this chem trailing, as it's called today. Which we've been doing daily since 1998, by the way. Practicing it, testing all this stuff back in the 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, but daily since 98. It says Annette Menzel from a Technical University of Munich said other possible factors were eliminated as well. We thought the increase in the amount of pollen could be related to land use changes, but we don't observe this, she told BBC News. By the way, they're not mentioning the fact that people are also getting massive skin rashes and all that kind of stuff as well. You don't normally get that with hay fever, folks. And of course your GM food is all part of it for sure. Uh, disaster what's disasters was happening with that. And you see all the inoculations you get as well. Now, GMOs linked to organ disruption in 19 studies. That's your generally modified, uh, organisms, your, your food that you're eating. A new paper shows that consuming genetically modified corn or soybean leads to significant organ disruption in rats and mice, particularly in livers and kidneys. By reviewing data from 19 animal studies, professors Giles, Eric, S.A., or Sarolini, and others reveal that 9% of the measured parameters, including blood and urine, uh, urine biochemistry, organ weights, and microscopic analysis, uh, were significantly disrupted in the GM-fed animals. The kidneys of males fared the worst, with 43% or 43.5% of all the changes. The liver of females followed with 30.8%. The report, published in Environmental Sciences Europe on March 1, 2011, confirms that several convergent data appear to indicate liver and kidney problems as end points of GMO diet effects. The authors point out that livers and kidneys uh, are the major reactive organs in cases of chronic food toxicity. Chronic food toxicity. This is other organs may be affected too, such as the heart and spleen or blood cell, uh, stated the paper. In fact, some of the animals fed genetically modified organisms had already altered body weights in at least one gender, which is a very good predictor of side effects in various organs. The GM soybean and corn varieties used in the feeding trials constitute 83% of the commercialized GMO that are currently consumed by billions of people. While the findings may have serious ramifications for the human population, the authors demonstrate a multitude of GMO-related health problems, could easily pass undetected through the superficial and largely incompetent safety assessments that are used around the world. Well, actually, they're, they're bribed. Be, like the, you know, the EPA and so on, Drug and Food Administration have all their boys from Monsanto sitting on their board. So it's not surprising they won't grab it. So that's one of them. And also put up tonight's one from uh, an Irish actor, by the way, uh, whose daughter. Uh, was fine up until about the age of two, past the milestones, talking, all the usual stuff. And, uh, she was given her MRI, uh, vaccinations, uh, the usual, you know, autistic precursor. And sure enough, she came down with a uh, bad illness, high fever, all the rest of it. And then she had a uh, full-blown autism. And that's the new kind of autism that is now normal now, by the way. They see in the medical books, that's normal, even though the old type of autism, which was very rare, um, uh, prior to the 60s, uh, you could see at birth that the child didn't proceed as normal through the milestones, up, even up to mama and dada, didn't happen. But the new kind, the vaccine-induced ones, uh, there's just too much evidence against it. And this other article here is about vaccine-induced diseases. It says here, On virtually every level, whether it's food, water, medications, or the contamination of the environment across the board, Including the air we breathe, we as humans are under attack. The view of the world's populations by corporate, scientific, pharmaceutical, military, and even our respective governments is one of contempt, and ain't that the truth? None view the populations of the earth as anything more than potential test subjects for a wide array of experimentations of all kinds. We are the test rats in the maze, in fact, we are considered disposable and detested by the world's elite. And I'll put this link up, too. It goes through a lot of different stuff to do with vaccines and how it alters DNA and all the rest of it. And then all the things they put in the vaccines, which really would sicken you if you knew what's going there. It isn't just uh, fetuses, uh, the tissue from fetuses, there's dog kidneys and everything go into these wonderful, um, scientifically designed, mind you, uh, vaccines that they pump into your body. And... Um, bring you down and destroy your immune system. Now, you know, and it's true, you've got to understand there's a total war on humanity. There is a military-industrial complex. And when the big pharma companies were called on back in the 50s to be part of it, because you see, pharma companies, especially those into inoculations and so on, are all dealing with the same viruses and bacterium uh, that the Pentagon uh, uses for warfare. So why double up on everything when the pharma's already got the big facilities where they can make the stuff and cause new viruses, and bacterium, and so on. So they all got together a long time ago to bring in a new system. They're all connected together. Just like Google and the internet it's all part of it too. That's why you were given the computer. Couldn't bring the New World Order in without it. And you have to believe it's your personal computer. That's why they call it personal computer. It's mine. I'm in charge of it. Oh, really? <laughs> thermal cameras show too much. Now, this is the excuse for putting cameras that are thermal imaging cameras in Boston and other cities across the U.S. It says uh, a thermal imaging project in the city of Boston has been put on hold because of privacy concerns. Listen to the way it's written from the CBS. It says, Boston officials had hoped to have aerial and street-level photos taken across about four square miles of the city this winter using infrared cameras that would show heat loss in city homes. It's all about heat loss. Aha, ha aha. Yeah, you sure? Officials plan on sharing the photos and analysis with homeowners, and we're hoping the findings will increase enrollment and efficiency programs and also create business opportunities so under the guise of this, they can spy right through your home and watch what you're doing. This is why the project had a snag when the American Civil Liberties Union of Massachusetts raised concerns that the infrared cameras would reveal information about what's going on inside the homes. Well, an obvious thing to look for, right? Uh, Sage Wells cameras can take up to 20,000 images of homes per day, and you think it's just for heat loss. They're watching every darn thing that you do. Oh. so despite the concern, towns outside of Boston have not had any problems with the program. Utilities and environmental groups from Springfield and Hamilton are in the process of initiating the, the same project in their communities. All oh, the environmentalists look like it. It's lovely. Yeah. Yeah. So, there you go. There you go. Yeah. 20,000 photos a year place today. What you're doing... 24 hours per day inside your home. Isn't that just wonderful? It's for the good of the planet, you understand. It's nothing you do with security and watching you and data collection. No. No. Now, there's a caller on the line from Philadelphia. It's Kyle. Are you there, Kyle?
0: Hey, what's going
1: on, Mr. Watt? Oh, I'm trying to keep out the rain. It it, uh, had thunderstorms last night, and my God, the skies opened up and brought that that stuff down to earth that we're trying to avoid.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, there's a lot, there's a lot of other stuff in the air to be more concerned about today than the rain. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, one thing I was I was thinking about, you know, when you were reading the story about Osama bin Laden, um, 1984, the book. Who was the the guy? Gold, uh, the, the the big boogeyman.
1: Goldstein. 19- Goldstein. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: If it, people can't see the parallels between Obama and Goldstein in 1984 and today, then I, I mean they obviously haven't read the book.
1: Mm-hmm. No, most of them, most of them haven't actually. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, I mean I, I, when I was in school, that I mean that was one of the you know the prerequisites. And now I was I was online because so I actually went on to look at it, and they have books. It's like the Da Vinci Code. I mean, what possible you know, social benefits does reading something like that have? And mm-hmm. it, it's the schools becoming the modern-day prisons. Yeah. It's it's. I, I mean, I was. I heard a story earlier today where you can't bring your lunch to school. Mm-hmm. You have to only buy the school's lunch.
1: That's right. In Chicago area. Yeah. yeah. And look at. I
0: mean, if you look at some of the prison buses, they are school buses. Yes. I mean, they're. And it's. It's. You know. I, I forget who it was that said, you know, schools aren't there to educate, hospitals aren't there to heal, and politicians are there for themselves, not for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 you know, it, it's just overwhelming.
1: <laughs> it is overwhelming. Understand, too, this this habitat areas and for humans and so on, and again, uh, the Agenda 21, get everyone into the big cities. The cities are set up to be the new prisons. They already are. Uh, they've got cameras everywhere, just like Britain. They're putting more and more in across the U.S. like crazy because big cash to big contracts and politicians have got, you know, very greasy hands. They'd love to gra- grab this cash and they, they put these laws through. So we're, we're going into the, the, the completely totalitarian uh, type of system that Orwell and other, others uh, warned about a long time ago because they were in on the big agenda. They knew what was coming, Yeah.
0: When you hear when they introduce like the thermal cameras that you were talking about, when they first introduce them they'll have a story that'll be, Oh, you know, the thermal cameras helped catch a fire that started in a basement yeah. and that'll be the one good story and then the next twenty five, fifty stories you hear will be, you know, man was arrested for, you know, cleaning a gun or having his temperature set at eighty four mm-hmm. instead of seventy two and all those negative stories Gets you know a tiny little paragraph in the paper, while that one positive story about you know finding the cat or whatever.
1: That's right. They're, or they'll find someone who's got a someone who's got a problem regulating their own body temperature, someone in a wheelchair, and they'll say we're, we're doing it because of the of the people we 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 want to help folk who are who are disabled. You see, any any rubbish will do, and generally that's what they use. And, uh, we, we know, for instance, DARPA's not in the business of helping paraplegics, but they, they kept coming out with the, the brain chip and how they got a, a paraplegic implanted. Now we can once in a while email someone from a thought in his head. I mean, DARPA is the military boys par excellence. I mean, that's what their whole, uh, function and reason for being happens to be so. Uh, you're right though. The, what they're getting you used to, it's not just at, at, at the. You see, all that all that they've been doing, all that they've been doing in airports and so on, has to come down to your home eventually, and it's all part of constant monitoring. What have you got to hide? And you will find a, a lot of the, the sheeple out there. Will say, oh, I've got nothing to hide. I don't mind them watching me. You know. Oh, um, well,
0: yeah. yeah. It's, well, if if you don't have anything to hide, you shouldn't have any problem with it. Mm-hmm. Well yeah, I do have a problem with it. Yeah. Because it's my it's my privacy and
1: Privacy privacy is a word which will eventually and I'm not kidding you, this will eventually disappear from the dictionary like so many other words have, have already. Yeah. yeah. It'll
0: be double plus good. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thanks a lot, Mr. Watt. I really enjoy
2: your show.
1: And thanks for calling. And there's Bob from Texas on the line too. Are you there, Bob? Yes, uh,
2: uh, thank you for taking my call. Yeah, uh, I've, You know, last caller, great, great comments. Uh, and, you know, uh, didn't Stalin, Churchill and Roosevelt meet in Tehran about splitting up the world? Uh, they were talking, Orwell had mentioned something about that.
1: Yeah, they, they did actually. They met in a few places, in, in fact. And uh, even towards, uh, even during World War II, they met and uh, they came up with a, a plan to divide post-World War Europe into two different blocks, and they gave a lot of countries to the Soviets. They actually handed them over, you know. The Malta Agreement, it was called.
2: It's kind of like the game of risk, huh?
1: Yeah, yeah, literally, literally, literally everything's planned way in advance.
2: Yeah, it seems like uh, Orwell was uh, in tune with that. And, you know, he that's why he was writing so feverishly towards yeah. the end uh, of, of his, uh, you know, life.
1: Yeah, well actually he left, he left and he went to an island, uh, off Scotland and it was, it was, uh, he tried to get as remote as possible.
2: And, and it wasn't it Kessler, Kessler, uh, uh, kind of, uh, you know, helped him out with that?
1: I don't know, um, I do know that, that Orwell was, was, um, he was very, he was, he wasn't s- terrified, but he was very, um, very, very cognizant of the fact that he went down to the boat every time it came in once a month to see who was on it to make sure they hadn't set hitmen out to get him.
2: Right, right. You know. uh, and it's strange, you know, his wife died, uh, you know, suddenly, uh, anesthesia, and so forth. And mm-hmm. anyway, I've been doing some reading on this. It's uh, quite fascinating. And uh, I was thinking about, uh, you know, I've been reading, you know, Huxley, about Huxley. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find it really you know, the guy he, he detested, uh, supposedly detested television materialism. Uh he you know, he, he was just appalled by the hedonistic society, the ignorant people that are influenced by television and this sort of thing. You know, he took like he like a, a grandstand on that on those sort of issues, yet he was responsible for bringing in L S D yep. the the hippie movement, mm-hmm. the free love. You know, he he got on that so what a contradiction it's almost like you know he and then he writes this book Brave New World saying look this is these are all the evils that are going to come upon these evil people that are perpetrating these things and mm-hmm. so forth and so on and yeah. and it's almost like it, well almost like it is like uh you know he he's bashing something that was that he was had a hand in creating big time yeah and yeah. then on top, he said, well, we, you know, we just, you know, and then he starts encouraging eugenics. Well, mm-hmm. you know, the, the thing, you know, the remedy is to just, you know, get rid of people.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. Thanks for calling though. I'll comment on that when I come back from this break. Hi, folks, we're back, and we're cutting through the matrix. It's true, Huxley spoke with a forked tongue, of course, in his interviews on television. he, Like they all do, by the way, uh, they know they're talking to the sheeple out there, so they talk in one way, but the big international meetings, they're involved in, they're, they're far more open, they have nothing to to, to to worry about, and they can come out with a big agenda and the part that they play in it, in fact. But um, Huxley talks about popular music, popular culture, and how disgusted it was, he was with it. But actually, he also knew that the big players who were bringing in the system of Fabian socialism, etc., they had to destroy the culture to, to make a new one, a global society. And so he was—he never tacked that part on in that particular uh, story that he gave out at first. He just said he, he couldn't stand popular culture. And the only one he went to see in his day was, I think, Al Jolson, and the jazz singer, which which I agree with them, is is pretty awful. I mean, it was awful, awful. Anyway, that was his idea of popular culture. But see, even H. G. Wells, long before that, had talked about it, working on behalf of the Royal Institute for International Affairs, how they destroy the culture, and how they would give people these sentimental and jingoistic songs, that, that and trivial songs that would sing all day and hum to themselves, that would keep them busy and occupied. And that's all happened. We've lived through right up to the present time. Uh, this cheapened kind of, of music uh, that they call popular culture, but these popular songs and so on are also embedded with lots of messages, which the people, like Plato said long ago, the people would emulate and, and actually act into their own life from from music they do they actually emulate what they, they see, they copy the language, the curse swears, and the words, and all the rest of it. And all the the really foul language that's used, they bring it into their everyday speech patterns and conversations, and that's what it's intended to do. And that's how you help to destroy society. Uh, that KGB defector mentioned the same thing too how you're contaminated how you contaminate culture and society and of course the culture industry has it got a big part to play in that it isn't all about bucks making bucks and, and all that no no it's also uh, that the real motive is to destroy the existing culture so they can create a brand new one and that's already happened it's already happened We're, it's gone the old culture is destroyed Kaputsky finished, and um, again, the end of marriage was part of that too, and Huxley also knew that the, his job at the big international meetings was promoting, uh, along with his brother, who works at UNESCO, to, was to promote um, hypersexuality, and so that children were taught to have, promote uh, promiscuity, indulge in it, and they'd never bond down the road they wouldn 't want children. And they've they've created that society. I've gone through the writings by his brothers before from UNESCO and some of his speeches on the air from his own books. And that's what what Julian Huxley promoted. And, of course, Aldous kind of backed him up in a more uh, clever way of putting the same kind of stuff forward. So it's quite fantastic to see it all work out the way that they planned it. And these boys all belong to the global clubs that... Plans, not just the rest of the 20th century and what kind of culture they'd have at the end of it, but the cultures it'd have into the 21st century and the stages of new indoctrinations to bring in this world society, the various stages that you're living through today. Very important people. Very, very important people. And go into Plato's The New Republic and you'll find out he talked about these techniques as well, especially using the culture industry. From Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me. Your God, or your gods go with you.